Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's January 25th, 2020, and that means there's 11 months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll take a closer look at the town where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. I've also got a few ways to mash a little Christmas into your Valentine's Day, including a craft that involves some kissing. I'll also be counting down the top five Christmas movies I somehow didn't watch this year. Plus, we've got the return of the Who Sang It Best segment. I think that about covers it. Let's start the show. Greetings, you believers. Welcome back to the Christmas Cave. It's a new year and a new episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas filled with both comfort and also joy. I definitely did. My family and I all hopped in the van and headed over the river and through the woods to my mom's house for a delicious Christmas dinner and party. Santa dropped off an Xbox at our house, so suddenly I've gotten a lot less productive since Christmas. My mom also treated us to a trip to Disneyland right after Christmas, so we still had time to see all the Christmas decor that was still up. We also got to check out the new Star Wars land, and I made sure to wear my Happy Life Day sweatshirt. And my wife had a great idea for gifts this year. Instead of just buying each other stuff, we were going to give each other something to experience. This seemed like a great idea, because not that I'm against stuff necessarily, but it's nice to get creative with your gift giving at Christmas time. But you do have to make sure everyone is calibrated the same, because I made my wife a bunch of coupons for foot massages, which seemed like a good idea, because who doesn't love a good foot rub at the end of a long day? And my wife got me a trip to Vegas. I was like, oh, so that's the level of experiences we're doing. Okay, yeah, so I kind of feel like I might as well have printed out my foot rub coupons on toilet paper because they seem kind of flushable right now. So it's a great idea. Just make sure everyone's on the same page of how extravagant you're getting with these experiences. But that's enough of Christmas past. Let's move on to Christmas present because it's been a month since the big day and I need a little Christmas now. This tip comes from a little booklet I checked out from the library last year called Merry and Bright from Country Living. It boasts 125 festive ideas for celebrating Christmas. One of them that caught my eye was called the Apple Kissing Ball. Now, I didn't even know kissing balls were a thing, but apparently, back in the Middle Ages, villagers would tie holly branches and leaves together with twine into craft balls of all shapes and sizes with baby Jesus figurines in the middle. This would then be hung over the entryways as a beacon for blessings and good tidings to all that walked beneath them. Then, in Victorian times, mistletoe got added and people would kiss under them. Then, just like Justin Timberlake leaving NSYNC, mistletoe went solo and the Victorian kissing ball got left in the dust. But apparently it's starting to make a comeback, and this particular design is made from apples and cranberries. Actually, your full list of supplies is a yard of ribbon, an 8 to 10 inch styrofoam ball, floral picks and toothpicks, about 40 lady apples, which I guess is a thing, 
Are there lady apples? Are there man apples? Why are apples gendered at all? Anyway, also around 60 fresh cranberries, two lightly beaten egg whites, and a cup of sugar. So you tie a bow at one end of the ribbon and thread it through the center of the styrofoam ball. They say to use a letter opener or a chopstick to make the hole in the ball. Then you jam those floral picks halfway into your apples. And now you stick those speared apples around the styrofoam ball. Once the ball is full of apples, stick the toothpicks in the cranberries and fill in the rest of the space. Once that's done, use a food brush to spread the egg whites all over the apples and cranberries. Then let it sit for about 15 minutes, but not too long. You want it to be tacky, not dry. Then sprinkle the sugar over it and let it fully dry. Shake off the excess sugar and hang this beautiful ball of produce up. Full disclosure, I have not attempted this myself because we have a serious ant problem in our house, and I can only imagine what they'd do if I hung a big ball of sugar up in the house. But the photo looks super cute. I'll post it on our Instagram at Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And that's what made me think this was worth sharing. And the Christmas kissing ball is so obscure, I feel like you could get away with this anytime. Especially with Valentine's Day coming up, you could call it a Valentine's Day kissing ball. But you'd know the truth. You'd know the truth. So, good luck and happy kissing. And now, let's move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. This list is a very personal one for me. You see... One of the things I look forward to each year is sitting down to watch some of the classic Christmas movies and specials. But for whatever reason, I missed out on a lot of my favorites this year. Probably because so much non-Christmas stuff demanded my attention last December. Like Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. To make room to stick all of that in my eyeballs, some great Christmas entertainment got pushed aside. So today, I'm going to count down the top five Christmas movies and specials I didn't get to watch last year. Starting with... Number five! Scrooged. Grace, who is that guy? Elliot Loudermilk. Okay. Call security. Have them change his locks, clean out his desk, and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? But it's Christmas. Thank you. Call accounting. Stop his bonus. This one is usually a no-brainer. In years past, my wife and I would put this on while we wrap presents Christmas Eve. For some reason, this year we both were in the mood to watch Miracle on 34th Street instead. I'm not sad we watched Miracle. It's a classic. But I'm bummed I never made room for Bill Murray and his crazy antics this year. Number four. Muppet Christmas Carol. I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. <laughs> if I had him here, I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I bet he would choke on it. Hmm. Choke. choke. My dear, the, the children, Christmas Day. Oh, uh, well, well, well I, I suppose that on the blessed day of Christmas, one must drink to the health of uh, Mr. Scrooge, mm. even though he is odious, <laughs> stingy, <laughs> wicked, <laughs> and unfeeling, <laughs> and badly dressed. <gasps> I did get some Henson-style Christmas action this year when I showed the boys the Christmas toy, which they loved. But I never got around to watching one of my all-time favorites, Muppet Christmas Carol. In fact, the kids were going into a separate room on Christmas Day to watch a movie while the adults talked, and I suggested Muppet Christmas Carol to my oldest so that I could sneak in there and watch it with them for a while. And by a while, I mean huge chunks of the flick. But he shut it down in favor of The Incredibles, which I can't fault him for. Incredibles is a great movie, but now I'm sad. I never got a chance to watch The Muppets. Number three. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Hello in there. Rats. Nobody sent me a Christmas card today. I almost wish there weren't a holiday season. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to have a holiday season to emphasize it? Thanks for the Christmas card you sent me, Violet. 
I didn't send you a Christmas card, Charlie Brown. Don't you know sarcasm when you hear it? This was the subject of the very first episode of this show. It's the OG Linus moment. It's only a half hour. There's usually a chance to squeeze it in somewhere. We even checked out the book adaptation of the special from the library after the successful book special combination we had over Halloween with The Great Pumpkin. Yet, the special went unwatched and the book unread. Sorry, Charlie. The Babs failed you this year. Number two. Die Hard. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further... Sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on a bulletin board. I figure since I waxed Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. This is very kind of you. I assume you are our mysterious party crash. You are most troublesome. For a security guard? Sorry, Hans. Wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? There's a meme that floats around social media every December that goes, It's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall off Nakatomi Plaza. Well then, I guess for me, it was never Christmas, because despite how long we spent deciding this was a Christmas movie a couple years ago, I never made time for it this year. yippee ki nay I guess. Honorable Mentions! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right, son, try it on. I don't wanna... Daddy, I don't like it. You'll like it and wear it. Oh, but Daddy, it's not very comfortable. There are more important things than comfort. Self-respect. Santa can't object to you now. I'm only giving this one an honorable mention because this isn't a must-watch for me every year, and technically I did record it on the DVR this year, so I feel like she get partial credit. No? Okay, well, moving on to the one Christmas flick I can't believe I went the entire season without seeing... Number one. It's a wonderful life. Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. This is one of my favorite movies in the whole world. I don't know how I didn't make time for it this year. Yet, we were at a Christmas Eve party at my wife's cousin's house. And what classic Christmas movie did we watch? Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, that's not even the Marvel movie you should watch at Christmas. Iron Man 3 is the Marvel Christmas movie. But I didn't argue because Avengers is also one of my favorite movies in the whole world. Really? The Avengers? Yes, imaginary listener, that sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. It is perhaps the most rewatchable movie that doesn't involve Christmas. Martin Scorsese disagrees. Well, I don't watch movies to make Martin Scorsese happy. I watch movies to make me happy, which is why I should have found some time to watch It's a Wonderful Life this year. I should have found some time to watch all these this year. But the good news is, I own all these movies, so I can watch them anytime I want. And I plan to watch them all in the next few months. And if you own them too, I'll invite you to do a watch-along with me as I live-tweet them. I'll announce the dates and times on our Twitter feed, at ChristmasPod, so you can be sure to follow along with what promises to be a goofy commentary... Or mute me for a few hours so I don't blow up your feed. I'll leave that to you. Speaking of leaving, let's leave this segment and head over to our news desk and start All I Want for Christmas is News. All I want for Christmas is... Stop it! Sorry, I still can't believe people like this jingle. 
So in a few weeks, it will be Valentine's Day, and some folks are starting a new way to keep the Christmas spirit going into their Valentine's celebration. Instead of taking down the Christmas trees, they're redecorating them with hearts and flowers to turn them into Valentine's trees. So if you still have your tree up, now not only do you have an excuse to leave it up, you can literally show it a little love. And speaking of combining Christmas and Valentine's, we just added a new shirt to our official podcast store. It's a picture of Santa inside a big red heart that says, Santa is my Valentine. And if you look closely at the heart, you'll see it's made of Santa and his sleigh over and over again, forming a gigantic heart. I'll put the link in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And now a word from one of the other fine shows in the Christmas Podcast Network. We're the elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. For our feature today, I thought we should start the year in the city where Christmas got started, a little town called Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Now, I have to admit, as a kid, I was always confused as to where Jesus was born. Because even though you hear Bethlehem a lot, there's a quote made famous in the original Linus moment. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So wait, was Jesus born in Bethlehem or the city of David? Well, it turns out Bethlehem was referred to as the city of David because that's where David, of David and Goliath and King David fame, was born. Now, I have to admit, I didn't know a lot about Bethlehem going into this. I imagined it was just a quaint little town where Jesus was born and not much else of note happened there. Boy, was I wrong. When I went to do some research on this city, I opened up a whole can of worms that I was not prepared for. Ironically, the city that gave us Jesus, who brought with him peace on earth and goodwill towards men, has had to deal with much strife and conflict. The first time Bethlehem is mentioned in the Bible, it's when Rachel dies giving birth to Benjamin. In the book of Genesis, it says, And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Ani. But his father named him Benjamin. Man, that's cold-blooded. She names the kid with her dying breath, and her husband immediately changed it. Not cool, Jacob. Not cool. But the tomb of Rachel is still in Bethlehem to this very day. In fact, it was described in one travel site I visited as Judaism's third holiest site. Speaking of holy sites, Bethlehem is also home to the Church of the Nativity. The church was built upon the very cave where Jesus was born. Every year, a Catholic midnight mass is broadcast around the world that culminates at the Church of the Nativity. But even the very spot of Jesus' birth has had a rough road over the years. In the early years after Jesus' death, Emperor Hadrian covered the cave where Christ was born and replaced it with a temple to the Greek god Adonis. Then in the 3rd century AD, Constantine comes to power and he makes Christianity the official religion of Rome. He orders the Adonis temple be torn down and replaced with the Church of the Nativity. However, somewhere in the early to mid-500s, the church was destroyed during the Sumerian revolts against the Byzantine Empire. It was later rebuilt by Byzantine Emperor Justinian I, and although it has been renovated and repaired extensively, that is the version of the church that stands to this day. Sharing a wall with the Church of the Nativity is the Church of St. Catherine of Alexandria. 
That world-televised Christmas Eve Mass I mentioned earlier is celebrated in the Church of St. Catherine of Alexandria. The church is said to be built on the site where Jesus appeared to Catherine to tell her she was going to be tortured and martyred. Yeesh! See what I mean? Bethlehem is a rough area. Let's lighten things up a bit and move on to one of the other sites to see in Bethlehem, the Milk Grotto. Now, I don't want to be accused of making light of this, so I'm not going to describe it in my own words. I'm pulling this description directly from touristisrael.com. The Milk Grotto is said to be where baby Jesus and family took refuge during the massacre of the innocents before fleeing to Egypt. The grotto's name comes from the traditional belief that, while nursing baby Jesus, a drop of the Virgin Mary's milk fell onto the floor of the cave, turning it white. In the 5th century, a church was built over the grotto to preserve the site. Remains of a colorful mosaic floor from the time can be seen in the courtyard of today's chapel. For centuries, childless women of all religions have visited the milk grotto to pray for the gift of fertility. Mixing the grotto's soft white chalk into their food and praying to Our Lady of the Milk, women believe the quality of their milk will increase or they will be able to get pregnant. Nothing I have ever researched for this show has ever been more worth it than reading that paragraph right there. I almost wish I could go back in time and tell myself to start this podcast years earlier just so I could know that story sooner. The last place of interest in Bethlehem I'll mention is the Walled Off Hotel, a functioning hotel, but also an art piece from famed street artist Banksy. You see, the hotel only has 10 rooms, and all of them have windows that face directly towards the barrier wall, separating Israel from the Palestinian territories. Bethlehem became a part of the latter after the 1993 Oslo Accords. The hotel is there because, well, as Banksy put it in a statement, it felt like a good time to reflect on what happens when the United Kingdom makes a huge political decision without fully comprehending the consequences. And this leads us to the elephant in the room that Bethlehem is right on the edge of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Now, this is something that is clearly beyond both the scope of this podcast and beyond my level of expertise personally. I'm not going to offer much commentary on advice on this subject because I know no one is thinking, if only I knew what some goofball comedian thinks about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I will only say that it is sad that this site where something so amazing happened has been, and continues to be, the site of such strife and turmoil. I only wish I had some magical way to make everyone get along and find peace, but short of that, I can only spread what little joy I can riding on the back of my favorite holiday. A holiday that got its start in that little town of Bethlehem. Yet in thy dark streets shine the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all years are met in thee So before we sign off for today, I feel like it's time to bring back a classic feature. But before I do, I'd like to make a small announcement. Usually we have some sort of running audience interaction segment throughout the year. Last year it was the Christmas Bowl. A few years ago we had the great diehard debate, the jingle brawl before that. Well, I want to let you know that we are doing something completely new this year. We're actually going to put on a little show together. I'm going to write up a script, and I'll need actors and actresses to help fill all the roles. It's not going to start until March, but I'll have more information about it next month. I just wanted to whet your appetite a little bit, especially all you performers out there. But I'm not waiting till March to interact with you good people. Let's take it old school and bring back the very first interactive segment we ever did on this show, Who Sang It Best? This is a feature where we pick two versions of the same holiday song sung by two different artists, and you tell us who sang it best. Is that why you called it that? Uh, yeah. Oh, makes sense. 
So, to honor the town of Bethlehem, which we talked about earlier, I thought it was appropriate to pit the two versions of O Little Town of Bethlehem we heard at the beginning and end of that segment against each other. That's right, it's King versus King. Nat King Cole versus the King of Rock and Roll in a showdown in Bethlehem Town. In case you forgot what they sounded like, here they are again. First, Elvis Presley. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars by now Nat King Cole oh morning stars together proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to guard our king and peace to men on earth. Now it's up to you to vote. Go to can'twaitforchristmaspod.com where we have links to the songs on YouTube and you can cast your vote once a day, every day. Then we'll meet back here on February 25th and decide who sang it best. And that's our show. I guess I finally have to take down my Christmas lights now. Funny story about that. I was actually going to take them down last weekend, and the night I was going to do it, the strangest thing happened. You see, we have a wreath on our door that has built-in Christmas lights and runs on batteries. Those batteries died on December 26th, and I haven't replaced them. But for some reason, the day I was going to take down the lights, the wreath lit up again. All by itself. Nobody touched it, and it still had the same dead batteries in it that have been dead for weeks. So I took that as a Christmas miracle or at least a sign that I should leave them up a little longer. But I'm officially the last house on our street, heck, in our whole neighborhood, with the lights still up and on. So I'll get started on that. Mm, Tomorrow. In the meantime, stay warm out there. Don't forget to vote for your favorite version of Little Town of Bethlehem. And until next time, Yule Believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2020. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas!
All right, we're back in the saddle. Yeehaw! Actually, your actually your actually your actually your full list of supplies is a yard of ribbon. Actually, your actually your fur. Actually, your fur. But the photo looks super cute. I'll post it on our Instagram at uh, Christmas Pod. Is it Christmas Pod or is it Christmas? I never remember what our Christmas Instagram is called because I don't at myself. In the early years after Jesus' death, Emperor Hadrian, 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 <laughs> of course, of course, wouldn't be the Christmas podcast if I wasn't mispronouncing something. However, somewhere in the early to mid 500 AD, uh, AD is not necessary. We, uh, I mean, if we've established that there is a shrine to Jesus, we can assume it's AD. That world televised Christmas Eve mass I mentioned earlier is celebrated at the Church of St. Catherine of... It's a church of a mouthful. That world televised... That world televised Christmas Eve math... Math? World televised Christmas math. Tim plus words equals outtakes.